Welcome to the Perkins Platform. This is a solutions-oriented podcast and live radio show. Each broadcast, we dedicate just about 30 minutes to explore topics of interest for leaders and professionals in education and a variety of other disciplines. And this is your host, Brian Perkins. Today's show is uh, pre-recorded and we have uh, someone who's joining us uh, from uh, Bangalore, India. And so this was pre-recorded in an early morning for me and an evening uh, for her. the, the special guest that I have today, um, I want her and asked her to come to discuss a, a wonderful article that is actually in the description uh, as a hyperlink um, uh, that was posted to the World Economic Forum about adaptive leadership. Uh, she has um, been uh, providing content around a lot of different topics um, their experiences in a lot of different industries in terms of consumer health care and, and, and um, nonprofit. And so uh, she's been working with brands and other individuals that actually want to break norms and come up with things original. So I'm happy uh, to introduce you to uh, Nisha Ramshandani. So welcome, Nisha. Thank you so much for having me, Professor. It is such an honor to be with you. Well, the pleasure is mine, all mine. So tell me a little bit about your work. I, you know, I, as you have described, that you're someone that likes to work with people that wants to break the norms and come up with things original. You know, I, um, I, I, I mentioned to you that I'm a professor at Columbia University. One of the courses that I teach is actually kind of a, a, a human design thinking course that uh, we, we spend time reimagining the possibilities in education. And there are a lot of challenges to doing that. Um, but what I um, was particularly interested in, um, and there's so much I want to talk to you about, but I was particularly interested in hearing about some of your work and um, thoughts around adaptive leadership. But I'd love to hear um, how you originally got started. Tell me a little bit about yourself that brought you to this point. Yes, yes. Thanks for asking. So, um, you know, one never tires about talking about themselves, right? So, um, well, about me, I have been a professional in the field of communications, actually, for about 15 years. And it so happened. And I've had a career of pivots. It's, it's, it's always, you know, about being adaptive, even for me, you know, it's, it's um, uh, even within communications, I've never had it straight, right? Like there are people who work in a particular type of company and they specialize in that, etc. But for me, that wasn't the case, you know, I kept moving different uh, opportunities. Luckily, I am from a city of opportunities, Bangalore. It is the startup capital of India. You get to do a lot of things in this city. So um, when I started off, I joined a PR agency and then I moved um, in-house into a VC, like an early stage seed fund. And then, um, you know, I moved into an insurtech startup. So at every stage, I've had to be pretty adaptive myself and learn new skills. Um, But having said that, that's one part of me. The other part of me is a deep passion project, you know, and writing about the future of work, which is where you saw this article. And um, 
that happened because of all of this um you know adapting let's call it because um you know i had to keep changing and and um you know changing oneself all the time isn't the easiest thing yes. you're always uncomfortable you know yes. Yes. Uh, and you're seeking comfort at that point and and it just occurred to me then that if i am feeling this way possibly other people in other professions are feeling the same and that was my quest i started like that i started interviewing people of different professions to figure out what the future of work in their profession could look like and that became a thing you know people started recognizing me for that i started getting a lot of uh, calls i started uh, having people ask me to interview them and and that was the beginning of this but it evolved even that adapted right it morphed so um, it started becoming about trends it started becoming about what's hot you know like looking at something with a very different lens and perspective and they haven't thought about before so that's how even the future of work uh, has adapted for me so mm -hmm. while i started with interviews i think i did about 30 i'm, I'm i i've forgotten the number um and that was for CNBC, but now I've, I've I write for Money Control, and I have about twenty articles there, and of course in a lot of other places as well. So yeah, that that's that's been the journey for me. Yes, wow, and 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 just hearing that for you, it has been about adapting for you um, personally is it makes it all the more authentic and genuine that you you have written about that to talk about you know change you know a lot of times you see uh people talk about change and it's it's uh you dig a little deeper and it's all from a theoretical point of view you're like this is what you should do this is how you should make it but i what i'd really like uh about just to start with your article um, where you know you what caught my my eye initially, of course, was the title was reset or perish, um, and I think there are a lot of perspectives around what you, so why it's important to reset. I'm not saying throw everything out that you've yeah. learned, but that that kind of refreshing your 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 goals your objectives and you said you were you know in some cases you're seeking comfort um other cases where and you also highlight this in your article about um you know the role that crisis and and sometimes external forces play on having to adapt um say a little bit about that like even in your own situation but that um how important it is that so there are things that happen sometimes that are not in your control. Yes. So, um, okay, I can talk about this from two aspects, one about the article itself, but one a little bit about how, you know, the current scenario, the current, um, you know, scenario for the workplace for any of us is right. And uh, from that, from the perspective of the article and why did I write it? Because um, during the pandemic, the one thing that I kept uh, very close track of is global leadership, right? And, and it wasn't just companies, it was 
the government, it was anybody, even communities. And how did they react when we were in a crisis that was, you know, like it or not, unprecedented? And, and I don't use this word often. I think it's a cliched word. Yes. But, yes. Uh, but, but you don't have a template, you know? Yes. And, and that's the one thing I am strictly against, a template. Yes, because, you know, that's what kills human creation is what I feel or creativity, because today, if you look at it, and, and that's really what came to me. And that's why I said it is about reset or perish, because a lot of leaders, you know, were just followers, and they were not leaders. Yes. And yes. that was upsetting as an individual for me, you know, because there were very few and, and a handful, whether it was leaders at companies or leaders in the government or leaders in the community that took things in their hand most others were just you know either uh, fear mongers or they were you know just just uh, wallowing in the crisis so you don't want us uh, uh, you know and and let me tell you another thing right in my definition of leadership i am not only looking at tagged leaders right and what do i mean by that uh, people who have the designation of being a leader that doesn't make any individual a leader right. it is what is inside you and yes. therefore you know like therefore i didn't see and and i was following this in fact this was one article there were three or four others on you know in quotes and and i was looking uh, for them for you actually on uh, tracking just how uh, you know organizations are behaving at this point uh, uh, you know at this is peak pandemic that i'm talking about and that's that's why i said that hey this is the time when you don't look at anybody else but look within and look at the opportunity that this is presenting you and at that point, I was working at the seed fund that I spoke to you about. Yes. And we were working with a lot of startups. And these were early stage startups. The problem with a lot of them faced first the shock of the situation, you know. And the second thing that happened was a lot of companies thought they'll have to shut down because they didn't know what to do, do. you know. Yes. And, and that yeah, that wasn't how, you know, it took a lot of talking, counseling, bringing other leaders into the room to tell people that, hey, take a few steps back and let's look at this situation as it is and what are the opportunities it could provide us. Right. And that was where this article was actually born. It was these two things, right? It was the tension of, I'm not seeing real leaders and then on the other hand, I'm working in a seed fund and I'm like working with startups who are literally panicking. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, uh -huh. and, and it was this tension that got me to bring these two worlds together. And I was like, no, this, this, you know, we've, we've got to look at it another way. And this possibly is that way, which is why I started with those examples. I went out there, spoke to people who had made it, you know, and, and, yes. and uh, who, who, had good examples to share also inspiring messages to share that was yes. really what it was yes. um and i also said that i will answer this from a personal um you know this this thing about um uh, also wearing a personal lens like i added a lot of 
what I personally feel into this explanation. So a few points here, right? I am a believer of non-tagged leadership or, you know, non, uh, you know, leadership that's beyond titles. I, I do not, uh, I, I, I am not the one for titles unless somebody really walks that title. Um, you know, it's very hard for me to respect that individual, right? Just because of a title. Yes. Um, the second thing that I strongly believe in is that all of us have leader, leaders within. So, you know, we, we cannot at any situation, especially in a crisis, look to somebody else. We have to look within first. Yes. You know, which is why the reset is not only for an organization, but reset for us as individuals as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that's the personal lens yes. for yeah. me. No, that resonates with me a lot because um, and I think it's it was fair of you to say and, and certainly not overstated that uh, particularly the last three years have been unprecedented, uh, certainly in our lives around. Uh, the challenges of 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 being in the workplace, of just going about everyday life, uh, where you you are forging new territory. Um, at one point, it was just almost daily. Um, what do we do today? You know, going from day one hundred to day one hundred one during the pandemic was just a new day, and it was, you, you, there was no previous example of day 101, right, for us. We didn't have, uh, it was very different. We didn't have a, uh, a way to, to, to think about what we should do. Um, and, and so to your point about <clears throat> leaders that, that actually step up and not follow, I saw so many as well. I, I do um, consulting at times for uh, executive leaders, and I but I saw so many leaders that were waiting for someone to say, "Here's what we should do." And even you're in. I'm not the head of my own organization. I I work at a university where there are other people um, that are responsible for making decisions about. Um, I remember when we were talking about, so are we going to be in person? Are we going to be virtual? And we were talking about, even when we came back in person, what would that look like? So now, aside from the pandemic, that if we think about in organizations that you, that in some cases, forget the pandemic, but on a day-to-day -day basis, how do you how do you adapt to changing conditions is the question. That's uncomfortable for a lot of people. I, I shared a strategy. I had uh, someone on the show uh, a few weeks ago who, was, who talked and wrote about how important discomfort is for a leader to experience. That, that's important to be okay with being uncomfortable. And I think if I were to give advice to even an aspiring leader or a current leader is be in that place where discomfort is not unsettling to you. So it's, it's all, it, it's, I, I don't think you should say that discomfort should be comfortable because then it's no longer discomfort, but it's that 
discomfort no longer has that imp that effect on you where you can't make quality decisions. And so the nature of change uh, is, is tough. And so I, my question kind of to follow up with that with you is about change. What role kind of personally do you think and attitudes, I should say, are required from a leader to be good at adaptive leadership, adaptive strategies, their attitudes towards change? Yes, interesting you bring that up because um, it was something I spoke to a behavioral psychologist about as well, you know, because um, look, this isn't as simple sometimes, you know, uh, I am quite sympathetic with the fact that if you're a leader, a lot of eyes are on you as well, right? And, and sometimes at the end of the day, we're all humans first, uh, you know, before the roles that we carry and bear. So, um, you know, the way a human being would possibly react to something is how you know, or uh, how an individual would react to something is how any leader or follower would react to a situation, right? So titles and, and designations aside, I think as humans, you know, change is very, um, like you said, or we've been talking about, it's it's not the most comfortable of things. It's It takes a lot of gumption to be there face it in the eye and accept it, I think also, you know, like uh, acceptance is very important. And that's what, like, I'll tell you through an example that, um, uh, you know, like we used to have these morning calls when I was at the seed fund about how are we going to deal with that day? Because like you said, day one, one zero one had no uh, you know, footprint, right? Like there was nothing to look at. Even day 100 wasn't yes. the same as 101. Yes. So when we used to have calls like that, you know, the one thing that we would do uh, was um, from, if I have to outline one, if we you are in a situation of discomfort or you are feeling, you know, that, that, that something has to change, communication doubles or triples. Uh, you know, you, you've got to, communicate a lot more um you know and and that's something i noticed us doing we we as an organization we didn't have morning meetings every day but we spoke that much more to each other as well as to the various startups that were with us you know literally everyday calls with founders on hey what are the three things troubling you today how are you feeling today i think just just you know one is communication two having somebody's back in the situation, you know, or having a circle that really cares for you is very important, I think, in, in the eye of the storm, because uh, that's what you really want. And I always believe in this, and I've done this personally, is to have my own community of people I would go to if I, I, I am facing a situation of resistance or change. Yes. And I think that that's a community you create lifelong. You know, it's an evolving process. You do not do that only when you have a situation. You do that when you don't. Right. Because that's when you really realize who are those people who will 
be there for you and this is your personal panel right of 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 this is your personal board i've seen a lot of people talk about this yes yes board I, of your yes. personal board of directors yes yes <laughs> i it's funny you bring that up i remember um one of my graduates uh um some years later came to me and asked presented to me this um this this concept of a personal board of directors and described it and said, I want you to be on my board. And, and I'm from an organizational point of view, I was like, oh, what, what's, the, what's, your, what's the board's mission? And, and, and it's like, no, my board, my personal board. And it went on, I thought it was a fascinating concept. So yes, I've heard of that. Um, I know we're running out of time, but I just, I, I, I was struck also by something you, you mentioned, because you just, talked about it um, with, with uh, the, from a behavioral psychologist's point of view, they, they have this term that they came up with um, uh, interpersonally flexible. And you mentioned that. And that also resonated with me because I found that to be really, really important too. Um, that as you are leading that, in within the organization, there are individuals or even maybe subgroups that you 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 still have to adapt to ways of working. Um, I, I think the older I have gotten and the more experience that I have in being in leadership is just to realize <clears throat> that there are many ways to accomplish the same things. And that, that just as I have desired to have flexibility in the way I approach my job, that people around you want the same. And so from a leadership perspective, to afford people to make decisions. You know, I've been around people who in leadership roles, there's something, a choice that has to be made. And and no matter what it is, they want to be in on the decision. I have to, I tell myself uh, as a leader to intentionally disengage from all decisions that I, I tell people that work with me that where, whatever, I, and in fact, I look for opportunities to say, you make the decision. I, that's, that's in your wheelhouse. Um, how important have you seen that where people uh, are, are okay with letting others make decisions? And here's the thing is that I've, I've actually told people on my staff that that's not the way I would do it, but okay, if that's what you want to do, we'll go that way. And sometimes I've been uncomfortable with it, but what, what do you see that in terms of that flexibility um, as something that's important? Yeah, I, I've, you know, again, it's a life thing. Like it's, it's something I have lived. So um, I have thought about this a lot because in my position of being a leader or a manager or decision maker for the function at some point that I belong to, 
the question was always should i should i let this be you know all about me and should mm-hmm. i veto everybody else's decision yeah. mm-hmm. or should i let it be about the individual and respect what they have to say and yeah. just add a perspective to the way they think yeah. and i think it's a very situation driven thing because sometimes when you know that you know um, this decision is something only you in your pers- in in your capacity in that particular organization are supposed to make because you are in that role then it is okay to do it and when you're not but you know you have left you know the decision to your team it's okay to have all of them participate so i i believe this is a case of you know proactive and reactive leadership right proactive is when you have to stand up there reactive is when you know sometimes you just have to react to a particular situation and that's okay i believe that as a leader one of the biggest things anybody should understand is letting go right control is not to be kept within but it has to be distributed um and i always found that if you bear your heart to somebody about a situation even if it's your team and tell them that here's how i am thinking about it but tell me where do you see the flaws you know and be a bit vulnerable and and very transparent like brutally transparent Yes. You know, you win a lot of trust of individuals. I think that that has worked for me. Sometimes people wonder why am I this transparent and saying things that everyone's thinking about, but nobody oh, is right. voicing. You yes, know. Yes. 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 Absolutely. I. That is so true. And I've I've been a part of that, and I've worked really hard. And I'm sure people out there um, also uh, are working hard not to be those those kinds of leaders as well. Um, well, so Nisha, thank you so much. I wanna give you an opportunity. Um, I've read you know, so much of, uh, of the work that you've done. Um, and so I want you to get, have an opportunity to share where people might find, I happen to find your article on the uh, World Economic Forum uh, site and uh, uh, publication. Um, but I know you have other work out there. So please, uh, any places you can point people to some of your writings and um, how they might, if you have uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, any uh, social media handles where they can and can listen and follow you, I think would be uh, uh, great. So please share those. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. Um, so uh, a lot of my writings can be found in a few places, moneycontrol.com. Uh, I've also written for Quartz India, written for CNBC. I run my own newsletter. Uh, so, you know, it's called Zoom Out and okay. uh, Zoom Out the Future of Work. So that's a place where you get uh, a lot of original content, user first. So I always write personal notes to every individual who's reading it. So yeah, that that's uh, another place you can find me. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, Nisha Ramchandani. I'm on Twitter. Um, my, you know, my handle is at Nisha123. So yeah, that that's that's a little bit of where you know well, people can find me. <laughs> excellent. Thank you. I'll I'll definitely subscribe. And I really appreciate this conversation. I've learned a lot from you and will continue to read and look for 
your your articles just wishing you great success in the future uh with your work and and so we'll definitely be listening and and researching and so next time i'm in bangalore i'll look you up and we should get some tea or something um but until then go well stay well thank you thank you 